What's up, everybody? This is the Tied to the Land podcast, where we believe that everybody is tied to the land in some way, shape, or form. On this podcast, we'll explore the intimate connection that people feel with the land beneath their feet while telling the stories of folks whose lives have been impacted by their roots to the rural lifestyle. This podcast is brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company, where their mission is to create, inspire, or advance a connection to the land in every person throughout the world. My name is Andrew Schultz, and I'm joined here by Josh Claybrook. Josh, what's going on, man? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What do you say today? What do you got cooking? Man, Sounds uh, like you've been making some deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's about discipline, right? So doing today's work today and making sure that uh, we're focusing on that, the, the challenges ahead of us and what we can impact on today. Right on, man. Well, Josh, tell everybody about yourself a little bit. Tell them who you are, what you do, where you come from, and uh, we'll get into the nitty-gritty and yeah, the, the deep absolutely. stuff later on. Well, uh, I, I reside right here in Creek County, so uh, rural real estate is my passion. It's kind of what I love to do, basically kind of like you said on the intro. Um, I love being outdoors. I love being a part of the property. Uh, I feel a connection with you know everything that comes along with that. So serving customers, being on rural property, it's it's through my veins. Yeah, right on, man. So how long have you been doing this now? You've been a real real estate specialist with Arrowhead Land Company. You're coming up right on a year, right? I'm right at 12 months. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. How do you like it so far? Absolutely love it. You know, yeah. Every day is full of challenges, and I think you just embrace the day and see what challenges you have. They're all opportunities to make a difference in some way, shape, or form, and you grow a little bit through the process. Yeah, man. So when you got started in this business, you had another job that you were juggling, right? And um, it wasn't long into the to juggling both that you decided, man, I feel like maybe God's called me to do this real estate thing full time. And I know that was always kind of the goal for you from day one anyway. But yep. can you tell me a little bit about what it was like from getting started and trying to juggle both of those along with a family, along with other obligations that you might have, along with you know, other things that you thought the Lord might be calling you to do. I mean, just talk to me about the dynamic of the last year, man, and yeah. what that's been like for you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey, right? I mean, a roller coaster, maybe to say the least, but, you know, you go into it with preconceived notions of what you need to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, you exhaust certain avenues, and you, you go down different paths, and you start finding a stride that works, right? So it's kind of like a rhythm of life. And you find what works for your family, you find what works for your career, and you find the direction that God's calling you into. So you just navigate that path as you feel the Lord kind of move and guide you, and eventually things just start clicking. Yeah. And then once you gain that momentum, you just keep going down that path. You see some success, and you keep expanding on top of that. And then next thing you know, it's, you're just you're enjoying every single day. There's seamless uh, transactions that are conducting and being taken place, and you're learning through the process. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you, you said the word momentum. Um, obviously, nobody comes into the real estate with momentum, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a grind getting started. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the grind of getting going in this business. And then at what point did you feel like you'd finally caught some momentum? And then talk to me about just the, uh, the mental state that you were in when you thought like, man, th- this is it for me. This is what I'm being called to do. This is, uh, I've got momentum on my side. Now it's time to maybe take the next step. I mean, talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think when you look at real estate or a new business, whether you're starting real estate or you're doing something completely different, you can't eat the elephant all in one bite. You have to piece it out. You have to set processes and you have to break that down to say, what does my day-to-day really look like? 
from a 30,000 foot view, it can seem very overwhelming because you really don't know the perfect thing to do every day, right? Yeah. So for me, it was about knowing my why in the business and why am I getting into real estate? For one, I love rural real estate. I love land. I love looking at God's creation. But two, I have a deep desire to help customers. So when I go into every single day and I say, you know what? Yes, I want to be on a piece of property today, but how can I make the biggest impact for somebody else and I can serve somebody else? That truly allows me to take that next step into what that day provides for me. So, um, man, the, the grind is setting processes. So today I want to talk to this customer or this customer. I had a conversation last week with this person and they referred me over to this customer. So following up, doing today's work today was really big for me. Um, it was it was a good exercise for me to really break down my day and to start being a better disciplined person. Mm -hmm. So I no longer have, um, you know, this giant elephant to eat, as I said earlier, is I've got a task every single day of 10 or 15 things that I want to get done. And then at the end of the week, you look at the momentum you've had when you've checked all those boxes off your calendar, right? Yeah. Um, the squeaky wheel gets the grease in just about every situation. So I had set things that I wanted to make sure I got accomplished, and then I had to squeeze everything else in. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So if you had to pick a moment, and I want you to just reflect on this for a second, but is there any one moment in your journey that stands out to you where you were, you were into the job, you had momentum on your side, and you just like, looked up to heaven or, you know, maybe you looked at your family or, you know, you were out on your property, whatever it might've been. And you just thought, dang, man, this is it. Like, is there a moment like that that sticks out for you? Yeah, I think there's, there's uh, several of them actually. Right. Um, I was able to obtain some early, early success in the business with a couple of good wins, um, really helped out some customers in those process, in that process. And I got a little bit of confidence through that, right. It was almost the Lord assuring me, hey, you can do this, which is what I think everybody needs is some success in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Really kind of build that self-confidence. And then after that, the Lord humbled me. Um, he, he let me realize that things don't come easy. Like, you've got to go out there and work, but remember what you're working for, right? Back to the why. So, yes, as I got, to, I got going and I started uh, getting a few listings and helping some customers out, I really started getting satisfaction in the process of serving those customers yeah. through those transactions. At that point, it quit being so much about my personal financial gains or rewards as much as it was about the mission. Yeah. And then once I started focusing on the mission, the Lord started opening doors and closing doors that probably needed to be closed. Um, and then I was able to take that to the next level. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Because that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is serving the client, right? Absolutely. And I think people lose sight of that in this business. You know, they get too caught up in the money or they get too caught up in the deal or they get caught up in whatever else may be going on in their life or in that moment. And um, at the end of the day, the right decision is always whatever is best for the client. Absolutely. Period. Um, you know, and so you talk about serving the client, uh, make a goofy joke with two dudes on a podcast, I guess. I mean, is your love language acts of service? I, I think it is. I mean, it may, maybe not by choice, but that's where my heart gravitates yeah. to. So uh, I figured you and your wife have probably gone through the five love languages or something, you know, so you kind of strike me as an acts of service kind of guy. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome, man. Um, so with all that being said, we talked a little bit earlier about how you started to juggle um, real estate and you were in another sales role. Mm hmm and uh, I think everything, you know, you and I are friends. We have the pleasure of being friends outside of this podcast, but I think we've talked and everything happens for a reason, right? And everything happens according to God's timing. And so if you don't mind sharing, 
take me through the process of when I know you felt like you were being pulled or called to give up what you were doing and dive into real estate. And I know God had a hand in the timing on some of that things. And I know that you were kind of wrestling with what to do and what was the right timing and what was the right decision. Take us through that, if you don't mind. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Scripture reminds us that many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord's plan prevails, right? Yeah. So we go into these different seasons of our life, from my experience, and you think this is the direction you're supposed to go, and you feel like this is what God's, God's called you to do. But what we don't know is the length of time that we're called to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're called to be obedient and follow that path. So I went down that path in, in the corporate structure as I was accustomed to, right? It was what I felt called to do in the season. Um, and then, you know, I think God served his purpose in that season, and he started to kind of shift my mindset. Well, uh, my heart went to real estate, and I started seeing a deep desire and a passion for real estate. The challenge I had was knowing when the time was to make the full-time move over to real estate. So through prayer and searching and all of that, um, I was able to get peace with the direction, Mm -hmm. and then I fully jumped into that direction. So nights, weekends, uh, as many hours as I could, I was doing the day-to-day things outside of my daytime job to serve what I knew God was ultimately calling me into. And then when the time was right, I prayed that the Lord would shut that door, and He did. Yeah. So talk to us more about that, man. And I'm I'm going to pry a little bit here. And of course, you don't have to go any further than you want to, but you said the Lord shut that door. I mean, for, for those who are maybe battling with tough career decisions right now, or maybe they're already in real estate and they're on the fence of, man, do I give up what I'm doing to go full time? Can you talk more about like how you didn't know what the exact timing was, but you just said the Lord closed that door Mm -hmm. or he made that decision for you? Talk talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think, um, man, realistically, when it comes down to it, I'll go back to this, is is seeking the Lord on a day-to-day basis. Lord, not so much as when is the right time, but Lord, what do you have planned for me today? Yeah. What do you want me to do today, right? And I've naturally found my heart gravitating towards wanting to be with customers and wanting to be in real estate transactions. Um, and then also knowing your weaknesses, right? And I know my weakness is to not make an, not not close that door for financial security, So, Lord, you know the plans of my heart. You know where my weaknesses lie. So I'm going to need you to literally close the door and shut it. And he did. Um, I got a call from my current employer, and he said, hey, it's not working out, right? I've been in the corporate world for almost 30 years, 20 years, and, um, you know, never been let go from a job and then received a a call from, you know, an employer saying, we've got to let you go. Um, Totally qualified to do that job, right, and could do that job in my sleep. But when the Lord closes it, he closes it. Yeah. So at that point, it's really easy for us to take a snapshot and dwell on the current situation. But you just got to know the Lord answers prayers and he always does it in his own way. It's yeah, never man. like you think it's going to be, right? Absolutely. And, and I promise you, it's never comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you always have to learn through that situation. So, um, man, I'm a firm believer of you just got to have God in your boat, right? He'll let you steer it, but he wants to be in your boat. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, similar type of situation with Arrowhead Land Company, you know. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't realize, but there was a door closed for Will and I, and it left us with no other choice but to create Arrowhead Land Company. And, um, you know, now we're sitting here today, which is super cool. And uh, that's a story for a different day, though. So I want to keep this going here chronologically. So how many months into real estate were you when that decision had been made, roughly? To, to make the full-time move? Yeah. Over. I was uh, 
I would say from the time I really started investing in the business, which mm-hmm. is marketing dollars, it's literally laying out a plan and a schedule for daily attack. Yeah. I would say it was January 1st of, of 2023. And I think that timeline to full-time switch happened around August 1st. Okay. So about Perfect. eight months into it. So August 1st, you're eight months into the business. Of course, you know, you've been juggling a couple things, but now your back's against the wall, right? All your eggs are in one basket. Mm-hmm. So tell us about what that feeling was like when, you know, did you feel composed or did you feel a sense of just, man, I got to go get this or else, you know, this is my family on the line. This is my reputation on the line. This is, you know, like talk to us about that moment where you're just like, okay, this is it. God has finally uh, closed one door and Mm. fully opened this one. And now it's time to make something happen. And, And when you're telling me about that, if you don't mind, just uh, talk about the difference in what that first seven to eight months was like for your business compared yeah. to what it's been like since August and going full-time is done for your business. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the desire to go to full-time real estate was has, has been there for a while. <clears throat> I think when I set the plan into motion, a lot of things came with that, right? The grind came with it because I knew the task was at hand. I knew what I had to do today to go get the, those desired outcomes. But there's also a level of anxiety when your heart's going one direction and your career's going a different, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing a day-to-day in a, in a job, right? But my passion is in a different job. So there's Which, between the two, sorry to interrupt, but one is 100% commission, feast or famine, and the other one is security and comfort, right? 100%. You, you had the salary with the benefits and 100%. you know maybe a bonus. I don't know what you had going, but two totally different ways of compensation, right? Correct. So that's where some of that discomfort comes from, but continue. A hundred percent. As we started getting some success, I, I talked about the confidence that came with it. Um, and then once, once I made that full-time move, a full level of anxiety hit me. I mean, it's, you're now self-sufficient coming into what everyone is calling a recession, you know, right, which we could or could not be going into. Yeah. Um, so you've got all the weight of the world coming down on top, and you, top of you at once. The enemy wants you to get scared. He mm-hmm. wants you to run. He wants you to abandon, go to substances and all that. But honestly, to me, I just, I said, I may have had some time where I probably was a little bit scared, right? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. But then I quickly went back to, wait a second, you prayed for this. You asked for the Lord to shut the door. Mm -hmm. He's answered a prayer. So then I immediately went into, I'm going to lay everything at the feet of Jesus, and I'm going to go through with this business, and I'm going to do exactly what I've done since January 1st of this year, and that's going to keep my eyes fixed on Him. And that's every single day, right? So today, if the Lord tells me to go here, I go here. If He tells me to do this, I do that, right? And it may not make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but... uh, I know my insecurities, and I'm not good enough to do this without him. Yeah. So, uh, man, I just tackled day by day. And shortly after I started the rhythm, right, of that day by day, I started getting that anxiety lifted, and I started realizing that I can do this. And mm-hmm. I just went into every situation completely focused and clear. When that phone rang, I was ready to go to work, right? Or when I was stepped on that property— it was no longer about, you know, just doing it and then getting back to another deal or going to the next deal because I had too many pieces moving. It's all about that property. Yeah. So I'm able to give 150% to that property. So when I leave, I've got a game plan. I know who I want to show that property to. I know how to market that property. I know how to list it and properly represent my seller better than anyone else in the market. And if I don't, I can 100% focus on that business so I can learn those traits and skills that need to be passed on. Yeah, man. I love that. 
Man, um, switching gears on you here a little bit, you you use the R word, which is recession, right? And um, I think you even touched on this where you said, well, we're seemingly in a recession or going into one, and, you know, maybe we're not, though. I mean, um, I guess I'll speak for a second about just this recession that we're maybe in, maybe not in, maybe headed for, and you know, it seems like real estate business is transpiring no matter what, right? And so we're blessed in that regard that there's always something moving and shaking in the rural real estate industry, it seems. But you have started in the midst of this quote-unquote recession, right? Um, and you found quick success. So what do you have to say to the people who maybe are leaning on the market as an excuse for their lack of success, or maybe it's not as easy as it was the past couple of years because we witnessed what, arguably the greatest market we've ever seen for real estate sales. Yeah. I mean, it just, anybody with a pulse could sell real estate. And that's not to knock anybody that was already in the business, but it just was easier. Yeah. So what do you have to say to those people right now who maybe they're not finding the same level of success or maybe they're discouraged because they're having to work a little harder or what do you say to those people who are blaming this on the market? Yeah. Great question. I'm glad you asked that. You know, I don't know any better, right? When I came into this industry, I didn't get to ride the wave of the COVID years and when you have it, you sell it. And I'm not saying that those other agents haven't had to work in those times. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I don't, I didn't know anything about it. Right. Yeah. So I can look at it and say, wow, I wish I would have gotten into real estate two years earlier because I probably would have been a little header, uh, farther along financially, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine was pouring into me, and he said, man, he said, uh, this is just another day to you. He said, you don't know what times were like before. So we said, roll your sleeves up and go to work as, as if you would any other day. And that's what I would probably say to anyone out there who's in the business is you can't focus on tomorrow if you're looking behind you, right? Yeah. Focus on today. Yeah. Focus on what you can control. We can't, uh, we can't control what's going on overseas, right? Mm -hmm. We can't control what the market's going to do, but we can control what properties we're marketing, how we're marketing it, and to who we're marketing them to, yeah. right? Yeah. So in times whenever times get tough, interest rates get higher, there's still cash buyers. What does your portfolio of cash buyers look like, right? There's areas and faucets of the business that we can control, and I try to spend my energy and my efforts focusing on those areas that I can control. Because at the end of the day, if I fail or I succeed, it's not because of what the market's doing. It's because of what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking the other day about just – refocusing your energy on these first two to three years because it's so important for building that foundation in your business, right? And I mean, do you look around, and, and this is not, uh, I'm not trying to paint the picture of you preying on other agents or anything yeah, like yeah. that, but do you feel like your work ethic gives you a leg up in this market right now, knowing that some people are sitting back waiting for it to happen and you're out there every day just grinding and making things happen for yourself? Honestly, um, I think you could, I could look at it a lot of different ways. Um, but the only thing that I really try to look at is running my race. Yeah. Right. Whatever yeah. that race looks like for me, I want to run that. What other agents are doing, you know, that that's up to them. Uh, where I become, where I can get in trouble is when I start judging who's weak or who's strong in the market um, that's, that's whenever pride steps in and then, uh, that comes before a fall, right? Scripture talks about that. So I just try to focus on me, yeah. you know, where can I help? And, you know, to be honest with you, some days I'm able to help other agents completely unrelated to Arrowhead Land Company. Yeah. And I feel like God has put me in some of those situations to help those agents. And even though I may be a little bit, uh, greener in those areas, um, I still 
have some value that I can lean into it from other perspectives. And I just look for those opportunities. So run my race, focus on what the Lord's put in front of me. He takes care of the rest. Yeah, man, dude. I, I love that. I love that so much because I think too many get too many people get caught up in what's everybody else doing. Right. Yeah. And you know, the term you used, I use a lot too. You have to run your own race mm-hmm. and the real estate business is no different. You're running a race and you're competing against yourself, um, trying to be better than you were the last day and trying to learn more than you did the day before. And I think that's amazing. And I think a little bit of motivation from, you know, your competition around you is healthy, but I think there's a lot to be said too about running your own race and growing your business in a way that makes sense for you, for your clients and for your family, right? Absolutely. Um, so I think that's awesome. So do you feel that we are in a recession right now? I mean, and, and this is not based on what Fox News has to say or, yeah. you know, what you read on Twitter this morning, you know, or any, anything like that. But, um, I mean, what's your personal opinion of the market and what kind of an outlook do you have on that right now? Yeah, um, I, had a, I had a teacher a long time ago in elementary that said something that kind of always stuck with me. And he said, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear, Right. So regardless of what all the, the, the hustle and bustle is out there, we've got so many different areas that we can bring value in this business. So when we talk about a recession, I feel like we're tying that 100% financially mm-hmm. um, in selling real estate. Well, there's opportunities to sell hunting leases. There's opportunities to go build into different programs that help uh, state funds and different areas that can still relate to real estate and our financial success, yeah. but we have to get outside the box to do it. So. Um, I don't even think the word recession in my mind even is a factor in my day to day. Yeah. So I can't answer that. I, I really don't. I don't know, and I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just we go find ways to make it work, and that may be by getting outside the box to where the recession doesn't affect that side of the business as much, and then we go look at where can we make an impact there. Yeah. So for me, um, that's building a a list of sellers that maybe have mentioned or thought about selling when times do get better, right? Mm-hmm. Per, per their conversation mm-hmm. or that conversation. So I go work on building a list yeah. of future sellers. And that's where a lot of my success comes from is not from who I'm talking to today. It's who I've already visited with several months back. Yeah. Uh, those are all great points. And I think that for us as real estate professionals, it's easy to label a shift in the market as a recession, right? Absolutely. Because that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. We use the word recession as, a, as an excuse for why things might be harder or why we're not finding as much success. And so I think that there's always things to be doing no matter how the market shifts and bringing it clear back to your point about just being there for the clients and developing these relationships with the clients. I mean, I think it's more important than ever that when the market shifts like this, you got to double back to Mm -hmm. your clients and your existing relationships and staying in touch with those people when new business isn't just flowing through as easily, right? So. Have you been able to find some success in that, even in your short time in the business? I mean, creating longevity in your relationships or doubling back to maybe some of the people that you worked with at the gate or you've got friends and family who I know, you know, invest in real estate. I mean, have you been able to lean on some of that? Yeah, I had a boss one time that said the best investment you can make is in yourself, right? So mm-hmm. when I when I look at these times that maybe get a little bit tougher and tighter, I look at is my close ratio where I want it to be? Um, are my conversations on the phone with customers about uh, 1031 exchanges where I want them to be yeah. or probate or utilities? What areas can I sharpen up on? So when I have that one or 
two really, really good, solid conversations this week with potential sellers or buyers, I can close that deal to help serve the goals that they have, right, for their vision on both sides. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I double back, but I more so look at growth and improvement for myself. Yeah. So what areas am I weak in? That's the recession. Is mm-hmm. The recession is in my mind, right? Yeah. It's, it's the distance between my ears. So I look at how can I close that gap so whenever I – uh, go back to those conversations, the people that God's already put in my path, right, for me to make a difference in. How do I go back and bring those conversations to fruition and help meet the goals and needs that everybody has in those situations? Yeah, it's awesome, man. So I, I think it's no secret for anybody listening. If you can't tell, I hope you can tell, you know, Josh is a man of God, you know, spiritual man, yes, uh, great family leader. You know, you've got a wife, some kids. I mean, talk to me a little bit about how you feel like God has been molding you throughout your career path or throughout your life for that matter, for this, uh, for this opportunity. And, you know, one of the things that we haven't really got to yet, but you are sitting in the seat with me right now because you're tied to the land, Mm -hmm. just like I am, just like the folks listening to this. And so talk to me about your ties to the land and how, that blended with your faith has led you to this exact moment right now and maybe how uh, if you could share some of your experiences regarding how you've been able to minister to people you've worked with and share your faith and share you know just what what God's creation means to you you know what I mean it all kind of comes together in a head I feel like for somebody who's in your spot and is aware of the Holy Spirit working around them right Mm so just Talk to us about that dynamic. Yeah, um, I got into buying personal real estate a few years back. Um, I had a strong desire to own my own piece of property, my own piece of ground that was mine, and I could do whatever I felt like the Lord wanted me to do with it. And that's um, both spiritually and personally, right? Mm -hmm. So what impact can I make for the kingdom? And then how can I raise a family out in the wilderness uh, or on rural real estate like I was raised? Um, but real quick, funny story. My, uh, I, my dad was around not too long ago, uh, at a, at a gathering and I was telling somebody about how I grew up on land. And I said, I roamed, you know, uh, t- 10 acres and, you know, it was, I felt, felt like it was a hundred acres yeah, back then. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, he, I've been telling this story for years and my dad finally corrected me and he said, son, he said, your whole life, you've been telling everybody you were raised on 10 acres. He said, we only own two acres, <laughs> but you roamed 10 of it. Like it was yours. <laughs> yes. But, it, but it, it, when I go back to it, I see how deep my roots are really in the property and in land, right? And I see the value. I never got in trouble going through school, was never up in drugs and all that kind of stuff, was always out, had a rifle or shotgun in my hand, right? Yeah. That's what I did, or, fit, or a fishing, fishing yeah. And uh, I made a vow to raise my kids my family the same way. I feel like if it can help grow and I can teach many scriptural lessons through that, right? There's a lot of stories and parables you can tell about that. But more than anything, it gets away from all the hustle and bustle and the noise of life and the culture that we live in yeah. and allows you to really just pour into the things that are the most important, which is what's around you, your people, sure. right? And I think when you look at family, um, that extends beyond blood, right? You're a brother of mine, right? Um, it's your friends, your closest connections are all opportunities to make an impact in. And I think when we start looking at it from a selfish perspective of what's mine instead of what's really God's and what's His, mm-hmm. um, we lose track of the ability we're able to make for the kingdom. So my goal as a father is to pour into my kids uh, everything that I know, and my, my goal into this industry is to pour into everyone else what I know. So I hope I answered your question, but yeah. uh, just being out of the land and tied to it with my family, it's everything to me. I don't see living any other way. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, of course, you know, those roots have carried you. You know, you talked about the personal side and wanting to own land, but now on the career side of things, I mean, it's come back full circle for you as well. You know, coming back to the the 10 acres, that was actually two acres. And it's funny, I'm laughing because my grandparents growing up had, it was the exact same situation. They had a couple acres. It might have even been closer to like an acre and a half, but I just thought it was amazing. And we were out there making stick bows with rubber band strings yeah. and, I mean, sharpening our own little stick arrows and just, I mean, that's just what we did. And mm-hmm. I believe that there's no greater way to raise your family. And, uh, you know, I, I hope to have a family of my own here soon, but there's no greater way to raise a family than in the outdoors, you know? A hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I made the comment earlier, right? Many of the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's plan prevails. I went down the corporate world for years, and uh, I, I always thought, what what can get me the most gain, or what what will get me the, the farthest along? Just running that race, and uh, I never really saw how the Lord can take my true passions and make it into a life or a passion and a career for me at the same time. Yeah. And I see that now in rural real estate, owning a farm, right? I've gone through the challenges of buying farms and ranches, so I see some of that. Uh, I've also learned through that. And then I've been able to basically come full circle with my hearts and my desires in real estate. I can live on it. I can raise a family on it. And I can also use it to produce financial gain for both me and the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's great. So we talk on this podcast a lot about our ties to the land and what it is specifically that, you know, keeps us rooted in the rural lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like for you, it's hunting, fishing, family, and of course, God. Um, But let's talk to those folks for a second who maybe haven't had the same luxuries or experiences that we have in the outdoors, but it's always piqued their curiosity, right? And something I like to say is um, I refuse to get caught up in our bubble of what we enjoy the most, which is, you know, hunting, fishing for you and I in particular, but for some people that's ranching, some people that's farming, but there's all kinds of other things out there, right? You know, I've used the example on a previous episode. There's people who want to own five acres to raise honeybees on it. There's Mm -hmm. somebody out West that maybe just bought 40 acres to make a dirt bike track on. You know, there's somebody who just wants to own a couple acres on the side of a mountain where they can put a hammock and listen to the, you know, the birds and feel the mountain breeze, you know, I mean, for everybody, it's different, right? Excuse me. And so what do you say to those folks who are maybe feeling a little trapped in the city or trapped in, you know, what was the only lifestyle that they've ever known, but are curious about getting in the outdoors and maybe land ownership or, you know, taking their family out of the city and raising them in a rural lifestyle like you talked about with your family earlier. What do you say to those folks? Yeah, I think what we're really talking about is being connected, right? And Mm -hmm. you have that in your phrase of tied to the land, but people long for connectivity in so many different ways. I see um, friendships and relationships, but when it comes to real estate or, or land in general, People want to be connected to it, and even if they don't know about it, there's something missing there that we're designed to be connected to part of it. It's it's a creation that was Amen. made for us to utilize, right? The animals and just all of the all of God's creation, and and uh, I think the difference is is they just haven't had the opportunity to experience that yet, right? Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Yeah, 
I, so. I agree with you 100%. I've always said that there's two types of people, right? There's the people who are already connected to the land, and there's people who just haven't had the same opportunity yet to yes. realize that they're connected to the land. And, yes. you know, of course, we're here to promote land ownership. We're in the real estate business. But mm -hmm. something else that I want to highlight is there's all kinds of ways that you can connect to the land without owning it, right? Yes. I mean, there's lots of public lands available to us, you know, in many different states across the country. I mean, there's national forests and uh, parks and, and ways that you can experience the outdoor lifestyle without ever having to own a single acre of mm -hmm. property, you know? Yeah. And I believe that for the folks who do get to experience those things uh, for free or for little to no cost, it spurs a a desire to have a little piece of your own, right? Yeah. I think it's it's in us to say, okay, well, this is awesome, but like I want to provide for my family, mm -hmm. or I want some sustainability and longevity. If if things in the world don't seem right, I want something that I can call my own. I mean, do you kind of agree that you, you feel like everybody at least starts there with that one experience? It's just a matter of when. Absolutely, I think it's about exploring what those, what those desires are within you. Yeah, um, I know for me, obviously, outside of the two and a half slash ten acres that I roamed, yeah. a lot of it was on public land. Uh -huh. Didn't own any of it, right? Um, core lakes and in the, in the area. So experience that with the public grant lands right next to it, Oklahoma in general, we're very fortunate to have as many public land hunting opportunities that we do or recreational tracks that people can go enjoy for virtually free, right? Obviously yeah. stay within the guidelines and the regulations and what the state allows and doesn't allow, but it's a great entry point for somebody that's looking to really get out there and find out, you know, I've really never gone hiking. Okay, well, we've got a lot of opportunities for that in Oklahoma. Even though we may not have the mountains that Colorado has or whatever, we still got opportunities to get out and enjoy nature. And we do have some mountains. We do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you move across different parts of the state. I mean, yeah. southeast. I mean, yeah. some people wouldn't call them mountains, right? But, right. you know, southwest part of the state, we've got some mountains. Yeah. You know, so anyways, I interrupted you. but. No, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I I guess where we're going is there's a lot of opportunities to start that connection yeah. for people to see just how much they really like it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So for those people who are like, yes, you guys sold me. I want to be a landowner. Uh, I want to get started, but I have no idea where to turn. What do you say to those folks who are just starting the process? And and let's try to keep it very entry level, very basic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to get caught up in interest rates and this and that. But what do you say to those folks who are thinking, well, yeah, I think I'd like to own a piece of land, but I don't know how, and, and I don't know if I can afford it. And where do I turn to next? Yeah. Great question. <clears throat> I think the first thing you need to do realistically is to lay out a plan of what that looks like. Okay. And I'll say this, you're probably a lot closer than you really think you are. Amen. To, to that I agree being with achievable. that. Um, what I like to tell folks is to, Look at your day-to-day -day life. Where does the you spend the majority of your time at? Obviously, employment has a big thing to do with it. Uh, family activities, sports, recreational events, uh, entertainment, whatever you like to do as a family or as a, even a single person. Where does most of your most of your time spent outside of the eight hours that you're sleeping at night? And then draw you a radius of how far outside of that area, that core area, you're willing to travel on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? doesn't mean no good to sell you a piece of property an hour and a half away from your place of employment if you have to be there at 7 a.m. every single day. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would suggest, for one, lay out what that really looks like so you can wrap your head as much as possible around all the sides that are outside of the enjoyment of the property itself, right? 
utilities. What does utilities look like? And what are your needs for that? Do you have to have fiber for work or can you do high-speed internet or wireless internet? So really lay out your day-to-day and look at how far of a commute you're willing to take on that. And then from there, start painting amenities and and, uh, seeing what you'd like to have. Would you like to have pasture ground? You want to put a a couple of cows out there or you want to raise milk goats or do you want to hunt a piece of property? What does that timber versus pasture terrain need to look like? Do you need tillable ground? Really kind of lay out what your vision for the perfect piece of property would look like and then start going through your finances. How much can I afford for this piece of property? Um, Get with the local lender or a bank or call us. We can help get you in touch with some sources to really find out, okay, well, I have the dream for it. Now, what is this dream going to cost me financially? Yeah. want to make sure you can afford it because Dave Ramsey says something really cool. He said, if you buy a place before you can buy it, it's a burden instead of a blessing, right? Yeah. You don't want your dream piece of property to be a burden financially when it's meant to be a blessing. Yeah. So uh, those are the first steps, I would say. And then to honestly get plugged in with a good land agent or somebody who understands the land um, who can help walk you through what it would look like to get utilities. Are you going to live there? Or are you just going to use it for recreation? Get tied in with an expert who can help you walk through what that really looks like and make sure you get the piece of property that you really want and need and desire. Yeah, Josh, I I think it is so important that somebody gets in touch with an agent that can help them meet their needs if they're thinking about land ownership. And so um, you think about who to use, and I think you should use, I may be biased, but a rural real estate specialist, right? Somebody who knows and understands not just land, but to your point, hooking up utilities and, you know, maybe how to run cattle, maybe how to be profitable with the land that you're buying, you know, investment opportunities. I mean, there's so much more than just knowing and being connected to the land. It's all those other things I just mentioned. Right. And so, um, Arrowhead land company, you know, Josh Claybrook, uh, check him out, check them out. Um, they could definitely help you with all your land buying and selling needs. Uh, A little shameless plug there for our title sponsor, but, uh, man, so I want to wrap things up here. Um, but first again, as I mentioned earlier, it all comes back to our ties to land, right? So I think my wrap-up question for you is, I want you to envision your life 20 years from now, right? Your kids are grown um, or or getting there. How old would that make your kids at that point? It'd be close to 30. <laughs> yeah, okay. So your kids are grown. You know, maybe they're married. Maybe they've got families of their own. Talk to me, you know, if Lord willing, we're all still around and all still getting to enjoy those moments. Paint that picture for us, man. What what does that look like and how is it rooted to the land? How are how is it all tied back to the land? Yeah, I, I hope it's the same as it is today, right? I hope it's the feeling of when I pull into my gravel driveway at my farm, all the stresses and the anxieties of the world fall at the gate and I get to start enjoying what God's put there to enjoy. On the flip side of that, I also hope that I'm able to do more with it for the kingdom, right? That's what we, we are giving these opportunities to utilize them for others to help to make a difference. Yeah. So um, my vision is to have the kids over, um, have family functions, have church functions, whatever we're called to do, but enjoy every bit of it and, yeah. and live it up every single day. Just like we get up and we go to work every day, we should also enjoy those blessings on a daily basis. That's awesome, man. I love that. Well, again, guys, this is Josh Claybrook. He's a rural real estate specialist with Arrowhead Land Company. Um, where can they find you? Uh, you can catch me here at Arrowhead Land Company in Sepulpa, okay. uh, 205 East Dewey Avenue. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Or you can just feel free to give me a call. I've got signs across town. Love to have the opportunity just to visit with anybody. Love to sit down and talk through the goals and the visions that they've got for their future. 
Right on, man. Well, my name's Andrew Schultz, and this is the Tide to the Land podcast. We're signing off here with Josh Claybrook today. Josh, thanks for your time, thanks, man. Thanks, Andrew.